CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Hey, everybody, it's Friday afternoon here at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. That can only mean one thing, options action time. Here's what's coming up. It's a big week for earnings with the top tech heavyweights reporting results. First up, there's a children's book in which letters of the alphabet climb way up into a coconut tree and then fall down and get bruised. We'll show you why the same thing might happen to the alphabet known as Google. Then... We'll look at why Facebook may have been pelted with enough coconuts and other things that it's time to get bullish again. Plus, two sides. They make a market and they make a television segment. We're debating the bait of Apple. It's time to risk less to make more. Options Action starts right now. And let's get right to it. It's a huge week with the five tech giants quarterly results due. But Carter Worth is already seeing some shakiness in one of them. Carter, what are you seeing? That's right. So we've got the top five to make up roughly 25 percent of the S&P reporting next week. And the outstanding winner year to date, 12 months, however you want to measure it, has been Google. But Google's recent action is a bit heavy, or as the old time technical expression goes, the stock doesn't act well. Let's look at a bunch of charts. Here's the first one. It's a well-defined channel. And Google is hovering ominously right on the lower band. It bounced well, but to reapproach it this quickly is a bit of a defect. Second chart. It's the exact same chart, but I've included the 150-day moving average. Now, the 150-day moving average is 7% below where we are now. Does the stock have to get down there? No. Next chart. This is just the same chart again with only the 150-day. I will point out, that since Google's IPO back in 04, this is the longest stretch on record without having a check back to the 150 moving average. And that's the bet that this is actually underway now. To make that point, next chart, here is a, here is a chart that goes back to 07, 08 with the 150 moving average. And you can see how far it's gone without a proper check back. Next chart, this is the same chart and look, we're at the top of the channel that's been in effect since the 09 low. And we're up against the upper band to the penny and starting to churn and stall. And now the final chart, and this speaks to relative performance. This is a two panel, it's very short term. You can see that Google fails to make a new high. And now a bad day today, bad week, but that line I've drawn, it's still above where it was in September. But now look at the bottom panel. It's making new relative lows to the S&P and the Q. This is the beginning of a rollover by my work, and I think we're going down to the 150-day moving average. Mm. Uh, so, Mike, what's a trade? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one. Alphabet, I mean, it's hard for us not to call it uh, Google, right, especially since they've managed to preserve those tickers. But uh, you know, this is a, an interesting situation, right? Because fundamentally, the stock still, the company still has a lot of very good things to uh, acquit itself, right? 
Um, we obviously have phenomenal growth. We've got businesses within the organization, such as YouTube, which some are actually forecasting could see revenues of $100 billion a year by year 2025. To put things in perspective, the forecast for all of Disney's revenues for that same year are about $108 billion. So that should help give us some perspective on just how fast some of their key businesses are growing. And, of course, they've obviously got great exposure to the cloud. But at 35 times forward earnings, its valuation is well above what its average has been over the course of the last 10 years. And of course, th throughout those 10 years, uh, the street has obviously had a good opportunity to digest similar rates of growth over those periods of time. So if you're inclined to uh, essentially bet against the stock, as Carter's charting suggests one might, it becomes very difficult, right? Because at a $2,750 share price, shorting it is probably not a feasible option in many cases. Buying an outright put option or buying options can be quite expensive. So I think the trade here going into earnings is to look to sell an upside call spread. Now, right now, the options market is implying a move of about 4%. That's in line with the eight-quarter average. And when you're selling a call spread, you're trying to balance the risk and reward. So obviously, selling a further out-of-the-money call spread gives you a higher probability of success, but the amount of premium you collect is less. Now, the stock did move down close to $90 uh, by the end of the day today. I was looking just at the close at the 2850-2870 call spread that expires in November. You could collect a little over $6 for that $20 wide call spread. That's a little over 30% of the distance between the strikes. That's kind of that sweet spot. We're looking to sell 30 delta-ish calls and then buy something against it. Now, of course, you would be risking considerably less than if you... Uh, sold the stock short, uh, you obviously have more probability of success than if you bought puts or put spreads. I think this is the way to fade it, especially given the fact that options prices will tend to be elevated going into a catalyst such as earnings. Tony, what's your take on this trade? Yeah, so when you look at the charts here, I'm not overly concerned when I first look at the chart, but I think the most important chart that Carter showed you was the, was the relative performance of Alphabet to the market. That underperformance going into an earnings announcement is not a good sign, but I will say that it's not underperforming its sector, so that is one thing to also consider. And if you look at the business itself, I completely agree with Mike. 10% quarter, uh, quarter over quarter revenue growth we've seen over the past eight quarters, 13% EPS growth. I think 30% profit margin sustains this type of valuation that is currently trading at about 29 times earnings. But as Mike uh, pointed out, this is a tough one to trade because of the high price. Uh, so when he's using a call spread like this, normally in the three possible scenarios of the stock jumping higher, moving sideways, and moving to the downside, two out of those three scenarios, you'll be profitable. But by selling a fairly out-of-the-money call spread here, not only does he have a higher probability of profit, but he has a quite a bit of buffer here to the upside. I think he has about a 5% buffer. So even if Google reports a strong earnings and the stock pops 3 4%, he can still be profitable on this particular trade. He's trading off a little bit of that risk-to-reward ratio, only collecting about 30% of the width, which means that he's risking 70% of the width on this particular trade. So I think it's an interesting way to play earnings given the fact that we have seen Snapchat report a fairly dis disappointing earnings yesterday. We might see Google follow, follow suit. All right, let's stick with the big tech here. Tony thinks Facebook's fate could well be the opposite of Google. So Tony, why? 
Yeah, so exactly. The headwinds right now, I think, for Facebook are fairly strong. We've seen quite a bit of bearish sentiment here in the stock over the past couple of months. And you add on top of that the 5% decline on the back of Snapchat earnings yesterday. I simply think that this is a bit overdone, and I think Facebook will likely still report a fairly strong quarter for earnings. If we look at the chart itself for Facebook first, uh, you see that this is a stock that is continuing to trend to the upside, and it recently pulled back to the 200-day move average and the previous few times this has happened we've seen a bounce off of that level and I think that's exactly what we're gonna see again going into this earnings announcement but if you look at the business itself Facebook and snapchat could not be more different from each other Facebook has averaged about 16% quarter-over-quarter EPS growth over the last eight quarters, and it currently commands a 35% profit margin versus the negative 15 that Snapchat has. So when you look at Facebook on a valuation perspective, the fact that it's trading at 24 times earnings, I think this is a stock that's actually relatively cheap compared to what we've seen in Snapchat, which was trading at 36, 37 times sales prior to the earnings announcement here yesterday. So when you look at the options market right now, it is implying a 6.1% move going into earnings versus the historical average of about 5.2% over the last eight quarters. So the options market are, the implied volatility from the options market right now are quite elevated. So I wanna take advantage of that by going out to the November expiration. I'm taking the same trade structure that Mike is using on the Google, on, on the Alphabet trade, but I'm getting a little bit more aggressive here. I'm selling the at the money put for about $13.95 and I'm buying a $300 put against it to limit my risk here for about $5.35. Net net here earlier today I was able to collect about $8.60 which is about 38% of the width. As I, as we talked about before we want to collect as much as a larger percentage of the width as possible to reduce the risk on the overall trade. Carter do the charts look that drastically different to you? Well, uh, there are two circumstances in conflict, and there's no way around it. We know that Facebook is down to trend, whether you use the 200-day or the 150-day. And in principle, GARP looks like that, something that's in an uptrend that sells off, in this case, 17%. Um, but the relative performance is decidedly poor, whether you measure it to the S&P or to the QQQ. And this is the third heavy volume drop in GAAP, news-related or not, SNAP-related or not, in, in the past 12 weeks. Um, it's heavy. I, I, I'm not sure I'd uh, really make a, a bullish bet here. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, of course, because Tony is certainly right about one thing, is that if you were only looking at the numbers and you saw the revenue growth, if you saw the margins, if you saw the EPS growth, and you compared the valuation of Facebook to the rest of the market, you would have to say it's decidedly cheap. At 24 times earnings, if we're just looking at the numbers, it is. Of course, there's a reason why it is, and the reason is that there's just, it's uh, tainted at this point. I mean, there's a lot of overhang. People are concerned, uh, number one, about whether there could potentially be some government intervention or something else that interferes with their business model. And that, of course, is the reason why I think that the stock is trading at the valuation where it is currently. As far as earnings go, though, I wouldn't expect them to uh, be all that disappointing, right? Because what's weighing on the stock isn't earnings. It is that future potential headwind that they face if their business model somehow becomes impaired. So I actually think that, you know, on a risk reward basis, it's not likely to have a really bad outcome coming out of earnings because many of the things that I just mentioned are already known. All right. Don't forget our website and our newsletter. Here's what's coming up next. 
Still to come, great line from a movie you might remember. How do you like them apples? Tonight, Carter and Tony are reading from two different scripts about the drama that is Apple. Plus, calling all options action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action here at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. We have tackled Google and Facebook, but it is time now to bite into another big tech name reporting next week. Apple is gearing up to deliver results next Thursday, and two of our traders have some opposing views on the tech giant, but uh, that's what makes the market, of course. Carter, let's start off with you. What's your view? Sure. I've got a couple charts, but let's just discuss what we know. It was a big week for Apple. Amazon was down on the week. Facebook was down on the week. Google was down on the week. And Apple up almost 2.7%, beating the Sox, beating the S&P, beating the Russell. Now, that kind of action often is uh, a tell going into earnings. Two charts. The first is a two-panel. You're looking at Apple on the top. And on the bottom is relative performance to the QQQ. And Apple has been a massive underperformer for the better part of a year. When it spiked in September 13, 14 months ago, its relative performance also spiked. And you can see on the bottom panel, we've been basically grinding sideways to down. But the relative strength line is down to that uptrend line, which is drawn there and those arrows there. And it is bounced to the penny every time it's hit that line over the past three years. We think that's what's gonna happen again. Second is just a simple chart of Apple. Well, there's the trend line, there's the stock. I mean, is this exceedingly bullish? No, but there's nothing day to day. And again, a very strong week that would suggest something really untoward is coming next week. Well, Tony's in the other corner of this uh, boxing ring. <laughs> Tony, why is that? Yeah, so it is hard to bet against Apple going into an earnings announcement. But when I take a look at this chart, I'm looking at a slightly smaller time frame here. But if you look at the price action here over the past couple of days, the fact that it was rejected at that $150 level here is a little concerning. But more importantly, we have been able to get back to those July highs around 150 or so. But relative to the market, since the, the performance of Apple stock since that July high, it's underperformed the market, it's underperformed its sector, it's underperformed its industry over the short run. And I think that that is telling for what we are going to see going into the earnings announcement. And then you couple that with the fact that since July, we've seen lower and declining volumes uh, on this particular stock. And that really leads me to believe that we're more likely to revisit the 140 trading range low rather than breaking out above this 150 level on earnings. But I also have more of a fundamental view here as well, because if you look at the supply constraints right now, I think the risks are skewed to the downside. We've already seen about 10 million units of production cuts in 2021. My expectation is that the company will likely guide and extend that going into 2022. And if you look at the, the, the revenue from the services business, we're starting to see some compre margin compression 
and competition from Alphabet, as well as just declining and deceleration of the App Store and gaming revenue. So for those reasons, I think that the valuations that Apple currently is trading at, while is not too rich, I think there's still some further downside here for Apple going into earnings. All right. So, Mike, where do you stand on this debate? Uh, well, I, I'm going to lean on 5G here a little bit. I mean, we are going to have a massive, basically, migration, I think. You know, for a long time when we've talked about Apple, the only thing we talked about was the iPhone and iPhone sales. Now, they've managed to bolster their revenues in a number of other areas in meaningful ways since then. And I would actually argue that there's actually a bigger impact because as people become essentially more tied to the Apple ecosystem, it almost assures the fact that when they go to replace one of these things, they get the next one. And everybody who has one that is not 5G is very likely going to be replacing it. That is a massive and prolonged cycle for the iPhone, I think, that we're going to be seeing here. I do agree uh, with Tony on the App Store sales front issue. There has obviously been some pressure, including from those that sell on the App Store. But, you know, when you take a look at uh, the valuation of Apple here, it's, it's hard for me to see a whole lot of downside. Of course, 140, which was the level that uh, Tony was just talking about, isn't a huge decline from where we're currently trading. All right. Still to come, a look back at two of our prior earnings season trades that you've been asking about, Tesla and Netflix. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Options Action Live for the NASDAQ market site. Last week, Mike laid out a way to play Tesla ahead of earnings. I was looking out to January, and I was looking at the 650, 850, 900 call spread risk reversal. So what was I looking to do here? Sell the 650 puts in round numbers. Those were around $21 or so when I was looking at those. Buy the 850 calls, which are essentially at the money. Uh, those were about 58 bucks, And then sell the 900 calls. Uh, against them as well. It essentially gives you participation to the upside between 850 and 900. So the maximum profit would be $50 per share, just under 6% of the current stock price. You know how this one went. Since then, Tesla sped higher, climbing more than 11%. So Mike, what do you do here? Yeah, so uh, first of all, those puts that we sold for around $21 can be bought back for about half that price, and I think that probably makes some sense. The other thing is when you have an out-of-the-money call spread, which we did, and the stock runs through both strikes, that synthetically begins to behave like a short put spread. And what you can do there is actually sell that call spread and roll up. So I would look probably to the January 900, 950. That way we're taking some money off the table, we're taking some risk off the table, but we have continued upside participation if the stock continues to run. How does that chart look, Carter? Well, the breakout is underway. Stay long, be long. Wow. Couldn't be clearer than that. <laughs> now, uh, we also laid out a way to stream into Netflix ahead of its report. The stock is outperforming its sector by a huge margin on this particular breakout, and that type of relative performance is what I like to look for going into an earnings announcement next week. What I was looking to do is going out to November, and I was looking to look using a call butterfly. I'm going out to November looking at the 650, 680, 710 call butterfly. That stock has also seen some gains of nearly 5%. So, Tony, what are you doing now? 
Yeah, so for viewers who traded only a single contract, I think it's time to potentially take profits on it. You'll make about a 70% return on the capital that you risk. But for traders that traded more than one contract, I do, I'm do. i still comfortable with the strikes that I've chosen on this butterfly. I think there's a good chance you'll get a drift up to that 680 strike or maybe even a little bit higher. Uh, so if you have more than one contract, I would keep at least half the position and shoot for that 2 to 1 or 3 to 1 risk reward ratio on this trade. Yeah. Carter, I'll ask you, how does this chart look? Well, this is another strong stock. In this case, it is also broken out. Uh, a bit more stretched, I would say, than, let's say, Tesla. So maybe a bit of a reduction in exposure with a small long. All right. Um, time for some tweets here. And one viewer is asking, Penn National seems to have support around the $70 level. With online sports betting growing exponentially, is it time to go long Penn? Mike, what do you tell Henry? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like the gaming space. I like uh, Penn. I like LVS, and actually for the reasons you cited. So uh, the short version of it is, yeah, and I think maybe buying longer-dated calls close to at the money might be the way to make the bullish bet there. Yeah, how does that chart look to you, Carter? Well, I would say maybe let's pass on this one. Uh, a great <laughs> winner, of course, during the pandemic and so forth, but also an equal, uh, an opposite loser for a great period of time, a pair of twos. A pair of twos. Tony, would you agree? Uh, I agree with Carter. I think that you do have a constructive bottom here in Penn, but until it breaks out above that $85 level, this is not a stock that I'm interested in. All right. <laughs> Pretty clear on that one, Henry. You got your answer. Time now for the final call for this Friday Options Action. Carter Braxton Worth, what do you say? Well, if you're in the pairing business, I would be selling <laughs> Google and buying Apple. Uh, I think that the bullish, the, the bearish sentiment here in Facebook is way overdone. I think Facebook earnings will likely turn that around, sell a put vertical spread here for Facebook. And I think Apple is going to see a little bit of decline here on earnings. You know, if you're looking at names like Google and you think they might be running into some upside resistance, one of the trades you can consider is selling some upside call spreads, particularly into things like earnings, which can elevate options premiums. Sell call spreads in Google. All right. That does it for us here on Options Action. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you back here next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Meantime, do not go anywhere. A very, very special bonus edition of Fast Money starts right after this break. Stay tuned. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.